This is an Audio Wool original. This episode of Fright Day is brought to you by Drinks of Hell Chipotle Hot Sauce by Fright Day. Bold Chipotle flavor blended with habanero peppers for just the right burn. Kissed with garlic and passion fruit. Zero human blood, like none at all. Visit shop.frightday.com before the first batch disappears. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you'd like to support us, go to patreon.com slash frightday. Hey folks, Byron here. Hope you're well. Uh, medium to big-sized apologies for the delay of episode 323. Our review of Halloween ends, obviously the last Halloween film ever. You'll hear that soon, but while you wait, earlier this year, Kelly and I did a little live chat for the Wisdom app about how we do responsible research for our podcast episodes. Important stuff when you're talking about the subject matter that we do. And if you didn't catch that live, I'd like to share that with you all now. If you enjoy it, let us know. We're definitely interested in doing more stuff like that in the future. Reach out with thoughts on other topics you'd like us to talk about uh, at Friday on Twitter and Instagram or email us contact at Friday.com. More Friday coming soon. But for now, here's us talking from a few months ago. And we're live, Kelly. Mm. Welcome to our first wisdom talk. Welcome to my wisdom. <laughs> Share your wisdom. Okay, I'm Byron, and this is Kelly. I'm Kelly. And we've hosted a podcast called Fright Day since I believe the end of 2014. We're uh, rounding out our 300th episode in our show, for folks who don't know. it's uh, It focuses on horror, hauntings, cryptids, conspiracies, aliens, and true crime. Pretty much all things frightening. Um, but tonight... Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about that stuff. And yeah, well, because the most frightening thing in the world, Byron, literally. Okay. Scarier than aliens. Sure. Scarier than horror movies. Scarier even than serial killers uh-huh. is propagating shitty information. Yeah, I mean, it tends to pop up here and there. Yeah. So, so tonight we're going to be talking about uh, how to research responsibly. and uh, Yeah, even when you're researching batshit crazy things like me. Well... You do it more often than I do, and that's why I think that maybe you should start. Yeah. So um, the idea of being responsible when researching and discussing conspiracies sounds potentially like a bit of an oxymoron, but it's a thing. Mm -hmm. And interestingly, I think in the last six years, Byron, seven years, 18 years, uh, I feel like the way I think about the role of conspiracies has pretty dramatically changed. And one of the biggest changes for me is it, it was all fun and games. Oh, until what some weird, one until, weird date in 2016. Yeah. There was a weird date in 2016. Uh-huh. I mean, even before that there was the weird pizza gate thing, but I remember when I started doing this, things like pizza gate were as crazy as like Lacerda. You know okay, what I mean? Lacerda is a, Lacerda is a reptilian, reptilian that alien. supposedly lives in the inner earth and gives <sighs> interviews periodically. Sure. Just to be transparent and clear here, like that is not real information. Wait, what? That's that's the crazy stuff. So okay. when I started well, and real doing quick, this, before, always... we, before we get too far, I want to welcome people uh, at maybe at the end or whenever you feel like it. I, oh, if yeah, you want to ask in, a question, ask a... Hey. And also, I don't know if they can send any text stuff uh, to let us know that the audio sounds okay, but fingers crossed that it does. 
yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. So just winging it. I like this new uh, wisdom stuff. I got a thumbs up, so I like that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is, it's it's like a, a more accessible master class where you don't have to quite be a master, just well, like maybe pay, slightly better can, than some people. And pay us later. Yeah. Your Patreon.com. I mean, what I really day. should be doing is giving a presentation on making chocolate Ooh. mousse and uh, thrift shopping. But this is the thing that I'm next best at. Well, so. yeah, that podcast next year. Coming next year. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right, Kelly. So... Conspiracies and weird things have always fascinated me. And in my mind, there is almost always a personal division when I start researching a topic between like, okay, this is something that I either do believe in or believe could be true versus this is clearly batshit. I gave the example of Lacerda. Okay, so like, don't get me wrong. I love aliens. I love the idea of aliens. I believe that it's maybe even possible that aliens have visited. But when you're researching really weird shit like I do. And when you realize that the world is crumbling beneath the weight of literal false information that is spread everywhere. The fun and games are over. The fun and games are over. And you have to, for me, at least up front, be really clear about what this is and whether the topic you're digging into is one of those cray cray ones or one of those slightly more serious ones. And one of the top, one of the approaches that I've taken, especially in recent years, is kind of dividing my topics up into three categories. If I can find those three categories within a given and topic. And they're not always so, available. But... Right. So like when I'm talking about JFK or Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe Even or Roswell. like the Montauk uh, project, which I'm about to do. So I do fact, fuzzy and fucking crazy. Uh-oh, what's wrong? No, nothing. Our, our Discord folks are just letting us know some some uh, comments about the Wisdom app. Oh, cool. Yeah, so very, very cool. Nice. Thanks, guys. Yeah, welcome. Thanks, everybody. Uh, so, fact, fuzzy, and fucking crazy are the three categories that I put fact. my research into. Fuzzy. Now, when I'm researching something like Lacerda, for example, okay. there's very little fact. The fact might be like, okay, I'm going to research where there actually are underground tunnels natural or man-made around mm-hmm. the country okay well, so also, that's like fact-based stuff well, and when you're looking for that information if the entire page is black and the text is green it's a good indicator that maybe you should slide that note card into at least the fuzzy but most the likely fuzzy. the fucking crazy part. okay so okay. the three f's i've got my three f's and i i really do like note cards note cards are kind of my jam i know byron that's not necessarily the way you go about it but i think it it harkens all the way back to me in the very first research paper i ever wrote i think i've talked about this before was on the Loch Ness Monster. Really? Literally, okay. in the third grade. The next research paper I wrote was in fifth grade when we had to write about a historical event, and I obviously wrote about the crash at Roswell in fifth grade. And for both of those reports, I was really old-school note cards. And so that's what I do now. So literally what I will do, Byron, is I will color code. I buy those really fancy pastel-colored line note cards. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Easy I'll pick to get. get uh, go to Staples. Yeah. Promo code Friday. So green. It's not real. Green are my fact cards. I have never noticed this. You've never noticed no, this? Okay. this is great. Yellow are my fuzzy cards. Sure. Okay. Red are the fucking crazy. It's actually more of a pink, but like yeah. those are my fucking crazies. And get so what point. I do is I try and gather information in all of those categories. But more importantly, when I start putting together my report and actually conveying the information, which our lovely listeners are so kind to at least pretend to be interested in. I have learned that I need to be very clear when I'm transitioning from like green to yellow and from yellow to pink. And I've started to even do that in the format of my reports where like I will do one 
episode about, okay, here are the basics. And then here's, like, the disputed stuff. And then here's, like, the like completely we, off the rails. I kind of did that with the Marianne Rudnick uh, series that we did. The, the I guess, the, the third moon June. That we yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and basically talking about all of all of the different ways you can approach these weird topics. Because though they are really fun and interesting, I think they're an incredibly... Uh, evolving sociological perspective into our society right now, but I never want to be a person who is contributing to the demise of our democracy. And we've slipped up before. I think mostly in my stuff, I think. No, no, no. I I mean, honestly, uh, that's one of my biggest things too, is be willing to admit when I fucked something up because I certainly have. And to like use that as, okay, like moving forward. And so sometimes our listeners will correct pieces or will say, hey, you didn't use this source or this source actually sucks. Or this has been debunked. Right. Like, and like yeah. trying to really be very transparent. Uh, I'm never going to get everything right. <laughs> so being really clear up front that, you know, I am certainly not a New York Times reporter. Um, or I guess, hold on, I was, I was let's do, uh, yeah, do an we, Axios. I'm not an Axios Do we want to reporter. talk about that okay. already? Yeah, well, we'll, we'll get, get there. there. We'll get there. But yeah. so for me, most, I mean, there's some things that come from news cycles and news sources. A lot of it is weird research, old newspaper articles, very interesting books that have been written and are utterly unverifiable. And so my green cards are often my shortest pile. Yeah. Unless I'm in a topic like JFK where there's just so much green. You sure. Know? Yeah, at this point, I mean, there's entire commissions that were... So I really try to clarify those three categories. And I also try to be really clear about my own bias up front because I am not an unbiased researcher. Like, I love the Loch Ness Monster. And I am never going to be able to give a truly unbiased report on the Loch Ness Monster. By the way... Uh, remind me to show you my uh, Nessie tooth before you leave. Oh, yeah. The, yes. The Sam gave me an a actual plesiosaur. fossilized plesiosaur tooth. That's pretty crazy. It's really fucking cool. I like that. Anyhow, I hope you can <clears> swear on <throat> this. I didn't ask if I you don't swear. fucking care. Okay. Sorry, okay, everybody. Uh, Listen, wisdom, if you're listening. Really sorry, sorry for all the offenses. I really apologize. So the, uh, being able to say up front, like, okay, I'm reporting on Nessie. I'm obsessed with Nessie. You're not going to get... I'm going to try to give, like, the counter argument to Nessie, but you're not going to get a really good perspective on that because I'm not able to provide that. Same with Bigfoot. You're going you're right. to struggle. Well, Bigfoot, I'm at least a little bit more rational, but I mean like Nessie, I'll, I'll die for at this point. That's horrifying so to think about. It is really horrifying. But what I'm finding, Byron, is the project I'm immersed in right now, this Montauk project. Uh-huh. The Montauk project. and researching. Project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There is a lot there that starts getting into some really sensitive areas because, uh, you know, spoiler alert, there's some mental health issues. Yeah. There's some military history issues. Um, and so you you start to identify these areas where you either have to skip or you have to acknowledge that you are kind of surrounded by landmines and dealing with an issue yeah. that's well, really difficult and likely going to be uh, misconstrued by somebody in the audience. So again, transparency and clarity around like what you're trying to do is I really think important. That's really important. And I, I, I wrote a note in mind that I guess I should give away now. <clears throat> like opinion and truth and respect of your subject matter, I think are, are yes. primary things to consider. And you honestly, Byron, and we get this feedback a lot from your reports. I think you uh-huh. do a really remarkable job of that. There, Obviously, there's no shortage of true crime 
uh, audio content out there these days. And then also your politics aren't always going to be removed from what you're saying, which is very similar to what you're saying in terms of your biases and belief. Because like shows like Sword and Scale are obviously leaning right and getting increasingly so. And my favorite murder is obviously more left. Right. Uh, Well, but I think for you, when you're researching and the way that you present topics, it's really not sensationalist. It's you go, you go above and beyond. So Byron is a scripter. I have a note card. So you That's go one with of the your biggest heart, differences I go with here. my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, it is impossible to leave your agenda at the door sometimes, I guess. Um, like recently, that Byron David Smith episode we did, the, yeah. the it would be impossible to tell that story without debating the castle doctrine a little bit. Yep. And I kind of just leaned into it. I played that clip from, I think it was Hannity, I yep. believe, with Geraldo. Geraldo? Geraldo. Yeah, yeah. And, you know... Like, um, a lot of my stories involve uh, problems within the criminal justice system, and you can't not talk about that. Right. You know, so, uh, you, so can't, just, you can't leave out stuff that you don't like just because you don't like it. Right, and you can't leave out stuff that you have a bias about because it leaves, in our position, and again, yes. like, a, a true, like, journalist it's who different. is reporting for news consumption is very different than... Uh, an entertainment podcast, it's but I still think it's important. Lean, like people get their news from all sorts of places, so I think it's really important that you're clear up front about. Okay, this is my bias. I'm gonna like convey that up front so that as you're listening, you can know that it's coming through that mm-hmm. lens. You know, I'm not trying to pretend that I'm going to be utterly centrist in everything that I discuss. Well, and also, I guess a quick note to other podcasters: I, I want to say that no matter how you cover something, someone's going to have a problem with it. Yes. And feedback. This is something you and I both have gotten, I think, better at over the years is being able to receive feedback. And sometimes uh, it's, you know, it stings because we both put a lot of time and energy into this. Yeah. But honestly, in the last few years, as the world has begun to fall apart, it feels like the ironic thing is the feedback we get often. I mean, you get like the well, the crazy like. I want to bring up comments. one thing: the Sean Great situation. That was one of our early first criticisms. Remember the the serial killer who's like would be victim called nine one one when he was oh in the house. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah. And there's a big misunderstanding that got us two very negative reviews, but it was all yep. because they misunderstood what you were saying. Right, and and that's something like that I then learned from, and I go, okay, I need to be clearer in the way that I speak because obviously I'm super conversational and do not have much of a persona for okay. Fright Day and people who don't know me as well as you know my co-host might not understand the direction I'm going with the comments so being clear in the way I discuss things but also being able to hear like okay this is even if it's not how I intended it this is clearly how it's being received sure and rather than take that personally and get all defensive like you could really apply that in the future and do a better job yes I mean one of the criticisms, I don't know if this is even necessarily relevant, it's just something that's been popping up a lot recently. My series on Nathaniel Barjona has kind of taken off a little bit more on YouTube. Oh, I didn't know it, this. It's doing pretty well. Nah. Humble brag. No, 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 no brag. <laughs> but um, a lot of people are being very critical of how you responded to the things I was saying. They're like, it's a it's a crime podcast. you got to have thicker skin. And I was like, oh, guys, it's not a crime podcast, though. Like, right, right. Well, they don't understand our show necessarily. The context, because they're looking it up to listen to something about Barjona. So they're going to get letting, great I'm info. I'm not letting that hurt me or right. you at all because right. they just don't quite understand the show. And that's fine. Right. And, and there are things that you can change and things that you can't. Like, yeah. I'm never going to be able to get rid of my biases. 
I'm also never going to be able to listen to your reports without getting super squeamish. Yes. It's just not like there are things that are within my capabilities and there are things that aren't. So well, again, I, I do think we need yeah. a pinch hitter who can, uh, you we, know, I'm, that's something I've been considering. No, no offense. No, to you, none taken. Like, none, I, was, I would not be offended at all if I never had to listen to another <laughs> child rape story. Because in my life. I completely. Yeah. I'd be understand. okay with that. I'm well, all right. It, Cause I was thinking about our, uh, Ronald Gene Simmons episode that we did at Camp Friday, which you very much didn't participate nope, in. Nope. I, uh, tried to hide as much as I could you from that one. did a pretty good job with that. Yes. But it was a bit robotic without a, a conversational. But maybe voice. those YouTube people are going to really appreciate that because I there's not know. annoying Kelly throwing her two cents in it. It's all good information. people. But back to. Back yes, to sorry, sorry. No, so I, we got a little distracted. Note cards, Kelly. Byron, uh, uh, how do you go about it? Oh, hold on. I do have one more thing that I want to say. Sure. Because this has been really essential. Wikipedia is great. Hate it. And we'll debate it. But it's later. not in the way that you think it's great. Okay. Wikipedia is a lazy man's card catalog. All you do, you pull up a Wikipedia article. Go to the bottom. And you go to the bottom and yeah. you look at those sources and that's where you start okay. with sources. So my problem with Wikipedia, though, is when I, when I do a report, my intention is to do something uh, better and different than anyone else. And, I mean, maybe that's different in the true crime world. Like... No, no, I, I agree. I think that's great. And when you look at Wikipedia, what you're doing is you're looking at the bones of basically every other podcast, the way they structure a report. Okay, but here's where I would disagree. What I have found is there are so few people who go beyond the bullet points in the Wikipedia article. Sure, yeah. Almost no one goes into the actual well, source I, I guess material. what I'm saying is I don't use it for ordering of how I tell a story. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, that's, and that's, what, that's, fair. that's what I really enjoy about my approach, which is... To yeah. avoid Wikipedia until the very end. Oh, I see. But, I mean, we'll get into that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk more about your... Because Wikipedia, the links at the bottom are, like, important, so, like, cited well, sources. Well, and sometimes they aren't even links. Sometimes it's just names of books, and then you have to actually sure. go fucking find a book, which is crazy these days, well, right? Well, that's, that's where I come in. But I, I really like that process to identify, okay, these are sources, and I agree, Byron, if you can dig up some sources that are less known. Uh-huh. And then I go... So in gathering like my sources, I go to the Wikipedia page. I pull th- that list of sources to begin with. It's a good place. And yeah. then I will listen to, and this is the other thing that you never uh, do. This yes. is where you and I are totally opposite. I will listen to any recent podcasts about this topic to hear how it's been presented. And as a listener, the things that I feel like are frustrating or the things that are really interesting and then use that to help inform how I want to cover something. Yeah, yeah. Um, basically <laughs> combine that listener experience with the research that I can do to again do it in a different way but I think um, I'm less terrified of being influenced because sometimes my best influence comes from okay that group did this terribly and mm-hmm. I'm going to do this in the opposite way and within the high strangeness world a lot of people do things terribly <laughs> man you would not believe some of the stuff that you can find I mean it's it's pretty crazy especially when you get into some more esoteric topics like you find just these yeah yeah, we'll okay. talk about we're, that I guess more we're not on the Zach Baggins episode. But. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah that's coming yeah. up real soon. So much like um, much like the way I do my podcast, I have a pretty well-scripted conversation right. of how I do my research. Right. So yeah. just interrupt me whenever, but um, I st- step one is worry and procrastinate a whole bunch. Yeah. I am terrible at uh, getting things going. Kelly, you just – you could you could st- structure and complete your note card situation within like two days – it takes me months, and that's why there's a lot less of me. We have very different roles on this show. Yeah. 
And that's why I had you start, too, because yep. you do a lot more research. Well, I'm more heavily you. medicated. Yeah, well. So the winging it does not bring on the anxiety for me that it does for you, because I have chased that out of my brain through SSRIs and other things. It's it's a good... Is it Mental Health Awareness Month yet? Is it? I guess it's Mental Health Awareness Year over at Fright Day. So always. Always appreciate year. it. Go to therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then number two is I always ask myself why I'm covering a story, Ooh. which is a really, really important question when I'm doing true crime research um, or the squonk. When I when I do the squonk via a, a cryptid. I when like. are we doing another one of those, by the way? Because that was one of my favorite things you've ever done. It was a pretty incredible episode. When should I do a... I guess when you want a break, I'll I'll do it. Maybe after Montauk, I'll after do it. After Montauk. Okay. I'm going to need a break after that. That that one's going to hurt me. Yeah. But like I said... My Four go- packs of note cards I've bought so far. Oof. That's pretty good. That's mm-hmm. kind of like one of my things that I do here in a, bit, a minute I'll tell you about. Uh, go deeper than other folks, I always say, and approach it from a different angle. Because, you know... there's a lot of podcasts and people can get their information from a lot of different places. If it's the same thing, then what's the point? So that's why I always, that's why I take my time with, with true crime podcasts. It's like, cause I want to tell the story differently than other people and I want to go deeper. So yeah, but that doesn't mean change the story. (laughs) It's very important. Well, because the thing that you have that I don't Byron is not that every detail is given, but for but the most part, it's you're right. dealing with fact. A lot of green and yellow cards in my yes, yeah. yes, fewer pink. Unless we get into one of those weird crossover episodes where, like, I'm talking about a haunting that's related to something. Sure, that or like, what? Who did we do that? Uh, that almost Jeffrey Dahmer type character that we that we double teamed. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like I said, I avoid wiki. Uh, it's usually the bones that a lot of people have built their stories on, and also, I've found that. The way I tell a story, um, it would be more tempting to go chronologically if I if if I looked at things like Wikipedia for structure. But I find that that's not the most entertaining way to tell a story most of the time. You know, I've listened to so many true crime podcasts that are like, "So and so was born on a cold day in 1986." By all accounts, they they love by all accounts. Uh, good parents or bad parents, you know, like, well, and, and I know start, that's important information to get across, but you'll start to see the same quotes like over and over uh, again, because I people are citing eyes. the exact same, like exactly. repeated information. And that, that is important information, but I'd like to tell it in a different way if possible. So it's good research, Byron. Well, yes, it's very and, good. And that's when I, I mean, that's when I go into research, which is like, I try to find, um, one or two main research research sources, usually books, because I like holding books and I like I like sticky notes. We'll we'll talk a little bit about that in you a second. You do love sticky notes. Love them. Um, <clears throat> well, then do you like color or no, just yellow? Uh, it's orange. I'm, I've got I'm in an orange phase. So oh, yeah. like neon. Uh, just normal orange. I special order orange ones. I was going to say, I've never seen anything other than a neon orange. Of course you special order them. You are so fucking weird. I, well, uh, yeah, but, um, my two main stories, it, it's, hasn't been terribly hard to find like a main source because the, the projects that I've chosen, Wayne Nance and Nathaniel Barjona, they only really have one book written about each of them. Uh, to Kill and Kill Again, the terrifying true story of Montana's baby face serial, uh, serial sex murderer. By mm. a, a person named John Col- Colton. Um, Sam, your husband gave me... I guess you both gave me that. I just assumed that he would give me the murder book, you know? Yeah. And then uh, the Barjona trilogy, that three three book set from Johnny Espy for Barjona. But um, that can be a problem, too. Books are not all fact. And I, you may have 
noticed in the later episodes of my Barjona series, uh, we had a bit of a, uh, a doubt creep in that Ooh. nearly gave me a, a full-blown meltdown. Um, well, I would see, that's the interesting thing for me. That would not stress me at all. We, well, that's one of the problems of being on a, uh, you know, a schedule, a weekly release schedule with a podcast is I, I was about halfway through my research when I started this series. So there's no time to really take a break and reassess what's going on. You know? mm-hmm. So there's a lot of pressure on me to, to make decisions in the middle of it about what the validity of the information. And I didn't really have the But necess- all you have to do is say that. And it's true. You see what I mean? Like, this but, is where the transparency piece comes in. Just say I, and it. I guess it is responsible to say that. Yeah. And I did, for the most part. But, but the second part is you say it, and then you stop stressing about it. Well, it would have been, it would have been better if I had just the clear information. And I think with more time... Never going to get it. Well, that's... I did say that as well. Never going to get it. Never going to get it. Never going to get it. Is you're, you're never, ever going to feel complete with yep, an episode it's like it's, on our release schedule you can never like every time i edit an episode i sit down and find something that i wish i put in an episode mm-hmm. or something that i wish i phrased differently mm-hmm. so if you're on a schedule like we are you have to expect that and not beat yourself up so much because mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. with i don't know with with our podcast uh Sometimes you just have to finish it and walk away from it and let it exist. And that's, yes. it's hard for me sometimes, but yep. um, back, uh, physical books. I love them. Can't get enough of them. Um, some of the details in them are written f- in a way that I don't always agree with. Um, you know, how, how do I talk about true crime violence is a lot different than some people on other shows, uh, how they approach the details, you know, me, I, uh, I don't know. This is, this is part of my first question that I had, like the why, uh, you're not there. It's an entertainment show, but you're not there to like exploit violence. Right. Right. Well, and that's the, that's a hard line because a lot of shows do that. Yeah. And yeah, again, yeah. you're really, I think, doing a very admirable job of trying to separate yourself from that uh, approach. Well, you know, I almost did it on accident. Um, there's one moment in particular that I, I always think about. After my Wayne Nance series, I actually got an email from the granddaughter of one of his victims. And, you know, I wasn't writing my series thinking uh, that a family member could listen to this. Right. But she really appreci- appreciated how I handled the situation, you know, and, um, that's one of those things that's always in the back of my mind. Yep. Like the way John wrote the last book and a half, Johnny Espy was really gross. And we talked a lot about it after, gross human after, well, we don't know that for sure. Pretty sure he's a gross human. It, it was unpleasant. So, um, very like voyeuristic almost. And like, yeah. Well, the thing is, like, graphic details may get you listeners, mm-hmm. but they're, like, the rubbernecking types. They're not the, the kind of listeners who are going to, uh, I don't know, care about the victims of this Or stuff? have any genuine interest beyond, like, some morbid fetishization of, like, this kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, and, yeah, they're not the type that are thinking that these are real people who have, uh, like, the survivors have been traumatized. These are victims, and... You know, it's just not worth writing a story like that for me. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that that's worth doing. So, um, 
Yeah, and honestly, I think that the gory details are some of the things that are most often reported in other podcasts anyway. So it's kind of fucking boring. Like, it's uh, true. I was thinking about it as I was, I was sitting down to prepare for this. Um, Nathaniel Barjona. I, I wonder if this moment will stand out to you as well. I chose to spend, I think, most of episode two or three with this little side quest he met. Uh, he he made to meet his prison fiance. <laughs> remember that when he had. I do cell? remember that. Yeah, I could have left out that that entirely. It wouldn't have changed the story. But I think that like like a good TV show that sometimes it's the bottle episodes that are the most interesting and and do a better job of of giving you an idea of the characters. You know. Yeah. In this case, his behavior is while well, he was smoking in the on the bottom bunk of th- this woman's uh, boy's bed, and the dinner that they had, how he was eating big old spoonfuls of food with his rotten teeth. Oh God, so gross! It just explains to everyone better that uh, Nathaniel was a fucking gross guy, mm-hmm. and in much more than like the police reports. I think that stuff is stiff and kind of boring. So. I don't know. There's always something else. There's always a story that could be told better than like just going through the list of crimes which i see a lot of people doing um but yeah uh back to books i usually try to get two books if possible and it's pretty basic uh stuff like read reviews to determine what the best book is and read read the reviews to see what the people are saying about the book like if they're saying this shit is fucked up five stars that might not be the right resource for right, you. Because that's not the tone that you're striking. That's not the angle that you're approaching it from. No, I don't but, think so. Because it's already done. A, it's not your style, but B, it's already overdone yeah. in many other places. And then, you know, when I sit down to, to read a book, like I was saying, I don't like a, like a chronological skeleton. Like usually like, I don't know, like a third of the way through, I start like putting together, um, I get these aha moments, I guess, of what I think could be the beginning of the series or the beginning of an episode, like a hook, like a quote or a poem. I love, I love serial killer poems. I always think that they're What's really, your favorite? Well, I don't have a favorite, but I just think that they're good ways to enter into a story. So I start like kind of blocking it out that way, and that's how I structure it. Um, like I said, similar to Kelly's note cards, I use orange sticky notes, but I use like a hundred of them, like like two per page, no matter what. And I mm-hmm. jot down little notes about what what I want to cover, like what what each like block represents. I like it, and I, it's very satisfying for me to, as I'm putting together the story, to take them off. You know, almost like releases the information a little bit. So mm-hmm. I get a lot of satisfaction from that. But um, I don't know. Uh, books uh, they can be just as sensational as other like media like tv or movies documentaries especially like id discovery shit sometimes yeah. that's all you have like that but 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 there's a source that you have actually turned me on to Ooh, exactly that um interestingly if you listen to people talk about how to sort through media and get to fact-based rather than sensationalized media one of the best ways to do it is to really look at local news local news and this newspapers.com resource yes helps you dig into at least what the original story was which is typically closer to truth yeah i mean you're not going to get a lot of information from newspapers.com right and but they're always in old-timey voices oh i love it if you read it great of course so i i started using newspapers.com when i covered the co-ed killer john norman collins remember that story i do um, 
So since his crimes took place in the late 60s before serial killing really popped off, like this was really where I got some of the most reliable information. I, I mean, I, I found a book as well called The Terror in Ypsilanti, but uh, for the most part, I was piecing together articles from newspapers.com, which I thought was really interesting. Um, it costs money, I believe, to get like the full archive. You can search through things that have already been clipped at newspapers.com for free, but like it's it's such a good resource and it's like you know i don't know when journalism turned into the the kind of bullshit that it has been recently like like ap articles with commentary basically like it's pretty bad it is bad but there's it's it's very useful if you're looking for anything like pre 90 maybe yeah 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 so great resource as well but um i also wrote down if something doesn't feel right you should pause like you trust your gut when you're yep. reading something. Like, I don't know how often you do that with your research because it's all kind of crazy. Oh, yeah. But sometimes yeah. you read something and you can tell that it's it doesn't quite sit right with you. And then you can look deeper based on that gut instinct, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess I, 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 this is at the end of my sh- stuff. My spiel here is as a, as a researcher, uh, there's something that I've regretted not doing sooner especially since some of the experts of my two biggest projects actually live in this city, you know, the deputy that helped take down Wayne Nance as well as the, the author of the Barjona trilogy, I would like to start actually asking like real Go to sources. Source. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, something that I think that in our career as podcasters, we finally kind of hit the, the point where that's possible for us to do. I wish we had more time to do it. I think that the the weekly release schedule does kind of get in the way of that sometimes. But, you know, you and I already have a great meeting coming up to schedule the next six months. Strategic planning. I love strategic planning sessions. We're going to have snacks. Really? I'm going to make some ambrosia salad for the occasion. Okay, I'm into that. That sounds disgusting, I guess. Right. If it helps you get get it together. But, yeah, I mean, that's... If you could talk to someone about the details that you have questions about, then of course you're going to be a, a, a miles ahead of anyone else doing what you're doing. So yeah, and to me that's important. I think that getting the real information and 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 information that other people don't have is some of the most valuable stuff you can do as a podcaster. So yeah, that, that's my goal. One of my New Year's resolutions for 2022 would be to talk to more people. You talked to Marion Rudnick, like we investigated him and then within the next week we had him on the phone for a full interview he was so interesting strange guy yeah (laughs) i am i don't know if that's true the i mean i am getting more and more comfortable having those conversations again i think what makes me nervous is like oh god i'm gonna say the wrong thing or i'm not gonna know everything that i need to know to ask the right questions but again i i know you get sick of me saying this but the reality of it is as long as you go in and you're transparent and honest about where you're at and what you're trying to do unless you're talking to a real asshole they're going to be okay with you well it doesn't matter even if you're talking to an asshole you're going to get good information from them just by the way they act actually that's very true that's a very good point i don't know it's uh it's 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 interesting the way that we've evolved because i think it is we started by kind of reciting like the story but yep. now, now we're writing the story a little bit differently. Which well, is- and just to think that, like, all jokes aside, I do take it very seriously at this point because of where we are in the world and the idea that even though my uh, segment and my episodes are Kelly's cryptids and conspiracies, mm-hmm. I feel like anybody who has any kind of an audience, small or large, 
It's your responsibility to be really thorough and really clear about the information you're presenting because we really just can't take any more intentional bullshit in this world. It's very scary. Like truth is a difficult enough concept and it's been made uh, virtually a unicorn these days. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, other than Nessie, I don't know that I know the truth about anything, okay, but well. I really do like investigating it and hope to continue doing so in a way that is uh, adding productive conversation rather than destructive divisive ideas. Well, speaking about conversation, if anyone has any questions, I think now would be a good time to pop yeah, up and ask something. Please feel free to chime in. And if you don't, uh, or, you know, if you don't want to chime in now, or if you're listening to this down the road and you've got questions, always happy to hear any thoughts or comments. Um, you can email us or you do contact at Friday.com. Yeah. 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 It's a good one. Uh, you know, you get all the emails from all the, I do the interesting. Folks. I do. I do. It's true. But, um, I get the creeps. Yeah. I, mean, I love the creeps, but well, and I th- people have I get emails from a lot of really kind people too who are uh, genuinely interested, and again, those emails help remind me that people are listening, mm-hmm. and it is our responsibility to honor that listenership in a way that both respects them and um, positively contributes rather than negatively. It's a crowded world podcasting. Yeah, you know we've been so doing many voices. We've been doing it for six years. So, yeah. And uh, yeah. things have changed quite a bit. Um, We've been doing it for seven, haven't seven? we? Seven? I don't know. I said 2014, six, We've been seven doing years. it for seven years, the, Byron. Well, holy shit. Seven fucking years. Um, wow. Wow. Seven years. So how much... I mean, I feel like we've gotten so much better. By the time another, another seven years rolls around, we might just be like writing encyclopedias on these topics. I don't know about that. I Feeling like writing. I'm not really that interested in it. But... Um, this is interesting, Kelly. I'm glad that we we kind of wrote our notes separately because I didn't I didn't uh, know that you uh, did a couple of those things. So I learned a little bit here. Yeah, too. isn't so, that fun? Yeah. You want to borrow my note cards? No, Byron? no, no. I'm just going to continue stuffing pages and pages. If you ever come across chartreuse sticky notes, let me know. Chartreuse. I'm chartreuse. Keep my that's my color. On that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, you know, fact- wisdom. <laughs> Fact, fuzzy, fucking crazy. Yeah. That's a good one to take away. Yeah. Uh, books. Also, I started using a Kindle with my last report, the, the Robert... Annotating. Robert? Yeah. It's... Um, I don't love it as much. Oh, the, see, the I love the annotation. Process. It's cool. It takes... It, it's a little less uh, immediate for me. You know, it takes a, a one step away from just me scribbling. And you note. love the scribbles. I understand I like Scribbles that. are like paper in my hands. Yeah. And that kind of guy. But, I can understand that. But yeah. Um... Oh, what do we got here? We just received our first guest request. Someone wants to hop in. Let's try this out. Uh, Michelle Bryant wants to hop in. Michelle is joining. Three, two. I like this wisdom thing. It'll happen in a second. Hi, Michelle. How's it going? Uh, I'm doing well. How about yourselves? Not too bad. Great. Great. Uh, I, I just wanted to chime in and say, you know, I loved all the things that um, you were bringing up about uh, what essentially confirmation bias, right? No matter how much factual-based information you give certain people, they dig in more and more with their position. Yes. Yeah. And I don't know that there is an answer to this, but because I think you were lamenting how crazy it is that we we can't. In the absence of fact, 
change things? Like, how does that, I guess, change your, the way you see podcasting and truth bringing? You know, it's, it's a really interesting question. And it's stepping even out of like some of the stuff that I typically research and into the realm of how I discuss some more serious topics within family and friend circles. And honestly, we get into it on the podcast too sometimes, but it's the hardest part for me. And I do think at least personally, what I have found important to resist is I have very strong uh, immediate inclinations to vilify people that I think are readily consuming what I view as patently false, counterproductive, um, damaging, even violent information in our society today. And, you know, I have found that though that is pretty immediately gratifying to vilify those people, it doesn't seem to move the needle much. Yeah, and I've, I've been a lot more patient with yeah. that because I think I do a lot more research with like right-wing extremism right. than you do. Which yeah, and I, like I can't even exist in those spaces that Byron does to get that information because I just become, I dig in in my own positions, <laughs> which of course I feel like are 100% right. But like I have found in conversations with people if I can find even the slightest bit of common ground or something that we can both identify as a truth, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes that takes backing up a hundred steps to get to something just so basic and simple. Um, I just watched Don't Look Up the other night and oh, really Netflix, felt yeah. like that captured for me. Like, okay, yeah, like people are actually denying that there's a comet in the sky coming towards us. Uh-huh. And I feel like I'm in that quite a bit. It's kind of where we're at. But you almost do have, for for me at least, I've had to take those steps back to get to a place where I can find that common ground because otherwise I don't think there's going to be any improvement and heaven help us if we just repeat what happened, you know. A couple years ago. Yeah. So, uh, sorry, that's a long-winded answer to your question, Michelle, but I think it's a really important thing for all of us to be considering because um, the truth and reality and facts that are out there feel a lot more fuzzy to some people than they do to others. And as much as sometimes I just want to beat my head against a wall, Mm -hmm. I have found it more productive, even if we have to take steps back and be like, okay, can we agree that the sky is blue? It's all about agreement. Like find something, something common. And from that, like, I feel like if people, even if I really disagree with them, if they feel like they've been heard and there's some common contact point, there seems to be better movement. And a little hope. Yeah, and a little hope, which we all need, I think. Yeah. I don't know if that answered your question at all, Michelle. Sorry, I'm pretty long-winded. No, I think that was was great. And I I would follow it up with, I still remember as, you know, things really started to shift in this lessening of fact-based discussions or um, that a lot of interviewers, I guess people who were considered the great interviewers of their time were caught very flat-footed. And of course, I'm going back like eight, you know, the, at the beginning, you know, our Pizzagate type times yeah. where they would have somebody on, use their regular techniques and just have these off the wall interviews, it seemed like, you know, just things would go off the rails. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as far as interviewing techniques, do, do you find that you're evolving to work with the new reality of unreality? You know, that's actually I think, I think really you need good. a little bit more work on that. Yeah, I've had a couple of really interesting interviews in the last couple of years that have touched on that. And again, Michelle, I think the thing that I keep returning to, especially because I really am not a journalist, you know, we are entertainers. And again, trying to be really clear about that. But in order to 
I think, put forth information that I feel okay about putting forth, I have to return to a, a point of empathy. Um, there's an interview I did just a little over two years ago that was the most difficult interview of my life. And it was, I mean, off the rails doesn't even begin to describe it for me, at least personally, but it was very clear during this conversation that the person on the other end of the phone whom I wildly disagreed with and who was espousing some things that, you know. It was right before a lot of stuff kind of hit the yeah, fan. Yeah, it was right before things really hit the fan um, a couple summers ago. And I found myself realizing that this individual was very unwell. And um, so delicately being able to find a compassionate way to be very clear about what I disagreed with so that I did not inadvertently condone things that were being said while also being empathetic and trying to find some common ground with this person so they didn't feel immediately defensive and perhaps were willing to discuss and consider some of the things a little bit further. But I think you're right. It takes a completely different skill set, almost like a, a background in psychology. It feels like that's what I, I would like to have more than anything to be able to kind of unpack the layers around people who have taken some of these positions that just to me often feel indefensible, <laughs> but you know, nobody wakes up in the morning and, and says, I want to be a supervillain. So I'm sure that they're coming from someplace that feels very rational to them. And again, as an interviewer, if you're, tr depends on what the purpose of the interview is, but if you're trying to convey information and, and understand things from a different perspective or help your listeners understand things from a different perspective, that common ground without giving up your moral um, your moral ground or your your moral compass, I think, has become, you know, the tenuous line that I really try to walk, at least. Well, we were in a really difficult position because that, that person that we were interviewing was, uh, I, I would consider them a public figure. Yeah, a very and, public and figure. And we were given a lot of uh, information that, you know, we had to decide if that was responsible to release. Right. Like, we had three meetings about the edit of that podcast. And right, because there's some very personal thing. There, there was some very personal information that was also very vulnerable for this human to kind of have out there. And ultimately, we decided the important thing was that we made it clear that some of the comments she made were not comments that we condoned and that we were able to find some things to talk about. But um, sensationalizing kind of, you know, this person's pain and difficulty, we felt like was counterproductive to the, the goal that we were trying to accomplish. And I think that I comes also with the fact that we're entertainers as opposed to journalists, because with right. that information, I think that, I don't know what a journalist would have done. So. Right. Well, and I, you know, Michelle, I feel like you're kind of getting at this to a certain degree, but the problem is with all these voices out there now, ours included, it almost doesn't matter whether you consider yourself a journalist anymore. If people are listening to you, you have de facto taken on that role and you have to be responsible with it. Yeah. Well, that was great. I, that definitely answered my question and really gave me some insight into how you guys approach um, your podcasting. Well, good. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. And thank you. So great questions. I really appreciate that. And, you know, I think people like you who are obviously digesting information from a thoughtful perspective, hopefully you give lots of feedback to the podcasts you hear, because I think the more that people hear from listeners and are able to include their perspectives and their um, experiences from listening into the way that we all do what we're trying to do, I think the better off the news and information and entertainment or otherwise will be. Well said. Well, great. 
Thank you so much for your questions, Michelle. Have an awesome day. All right. You guys too. Thanks so much. Thanks. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. Really thoughtful questions. And I think, you know, those are things that uh, I try to return to in, in one way or another pretty frequently. So any anybody else out there have questions? Again, if you do, please feel free. You know, if you're listening to this after the, the live recording, please feel free to shoot us an email. Contact at Friday.com. Got it. Okay. Oh, do we have a guest waiting? We have... Oh, Dan's hopping in. All right, Dan joining in three, two, one. Wisdom. Let's hear it. Hey, Dan, how's it going? It's going well. Can you hear me okay? I can. Okay. So um, this is a little more tactical than the last one. It's more about... Uh, and you guys do a lot of great interviews, and you had brought up uh, contacting real people um, as sources. How do you actually get a hold of them or find them or reach out to them? Ooh, this is a Byron question for sure. I'm a, I'm a terrible because I'm too good at this. Well, I, I think aggressive. what's scary is how easy this information is to find if you that's dig true. hard enough, and that's a little bit spooky, but yeah. Oh, where do we start? I mean, public figures are easier. Like, you know, I can get a hold of most uh, directors or actors um, mm-hmm. through their direct social media. Also, IMDb Pro is a great resource. I don't know how much it costs a month. I think we, we pay probably yearly for yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know. It's like 160 a year, maybe. Something and that's like that. a great way to get in touch with people via their management, which is really easy. Um, for the, the easiest, though, and I wonder why this is. Uh, actually, I know why it is, because kooks love to talk. Yes, Kelly, that is true. Kelly's guests are always the easiest for me to reach out to because they usually have weird angel fire like websites with all of their personal information on it. Sometimes phone numbers. Well, and if I'm going to be a little bit more empathetic than Byron, I would say that a lot of times the people I'm talking to are people who feel like they haven't been heard or taken seriously. That's and so if true. they feel like there's a respectful person who's wanting to talk to them, most of them are going to be pretty receptive to it. Absolutely. But I mean, for, for the most part, we get very lucky except for... Just one guy who has just been haunting me for years. It's hilarious. David Politis? Politis. He has tried a hundred times to get a hold of this man. And like, he won't, to a scary degree. I've tracked down like subsidiary shell companies he has, like mortgage companies that he has. Which like, may have something to do with why he won't respond. Just get back but, to me. But Dan, what's weird is if you sat with Byron for five minutes, oh, he like could probably... Oh, Marilyn Monroe series, remember? Oh like, my gosh. Yeah, there was like one living witness left to the Marilyn Monroe situation and he had, had her phone number, phone number like over the course of a 15-minute portion of us recording yeah. the, the episode. So... Google is a terrifying thing. Just use those parentheses, guys. Like, start quoting the stuff you're searching. Like, look for keywords. Find, I, I don't know. Like, it is it's it is scary easy. Like, yeah. Yeah, if there's somebody in particular that you're trying to track down, you know, shoot Byron an email. You never know. He might be able to help you with I it. I mean, we, we've done things like Ben Verified, those, like, really mm-hmm. basic name phone number searches. Yeah, we got Zach Baggins' son's phone number I last week. I got an week. update on his new house yeah, last week. there you go. We might be doing scary research on Zach Baggins, but... Yeah, I mean, poor Zach. Kelly, I tracked down his yearbook. Remember that? Yep, that was very cool. frightening yearbook photo. And, and Kelly, you found his his school project, his school yeah, his, video uh, project from... Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, now we're just bragging about our investigative No, skills. but I do think that's one of the 
silver linings, I guess, of the digital age is there's a ton of info out there to track down. Well, yes. Also, then I start thinking about how easy it would be for... Yeah, don't say don't yeah. say that concern out loud. I'm not it a, puts the wrong idea. Puts the wrong idea. Okay, yeah, yeah, I guess I won't say that then. Yeah. But, Blur your house on Google, though. Yeah. It's very easy. Go to Google Maps, find your house, and then you can request to blur it. That's all. Yes. Highly recommend. Very important stuff. Very important. Um, that was a winding answer. Yeah, that. sorry, Dan. I apologize, Dan. That's, but really, if there's somebody specific, you should email Byron. He might help you. No, that was great. You guys should probably start up a service, uh, you know. Ooh. <laughs> all right. You so, totally should so be. You That'd give be me great. $20 on PayPal. <laughs> and, and I'll Byron find will find anyone. Yeah. And then when they get murdered, then you're going to be liable for it, B. You know guys, that, I right? use DuckDuckGo. I'm fine. Okay. All right, sure. No, I do have a VPN as well. Yeah. That's an important thing. Yeah. Get well, um, any other questions, Dan? That was a great one. No, no other questions. I'm just trying to figure out how to leave so I don't run out the clock. Oh, what's running out the clock do? Well, you, you get 10 minutes to talk. I don't know if you're yeah. better. Yeah, I see that. Oh, oh, I gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I can boot right. you if you'd like, but I appreciate you you, uh, you doing that. I guess we just got another follow. So, yeah, I will boot you and see if we get another guest. Dan, thank you so much. Thank you so much, yep. Dan. Excellent question. I appreciate see it. You see you guys. See you soon. All right. Let's see. And if there is one, we'll do one more, and then we have to watch a movie for our, our cinema we autopsy do. episode that's coming out next week. Yep. Um, if the audio quality works for elves, that'll be dropping. But if not, a behind the screams episode should be coming out tomorrow. It's it's. I may have had a mental breakdown during it. Oh really? You remember that? Yes. I, I do. almost started crying a couple times. It's that okay. No pretty shame. Pretty cool. Pretty. You know great. what we should do is we should track down Kurt Russell's phone number and see if he'll talk to us about the thing. That's a good idea. I, I did just listen to him talk about it for quite some time. But yeah, we are going to be doing a cinema autopsy of the thing here in a minute. But uh, also, I see that we have almost fifty folks watching. It would be great if you could uh, follow us on this. We might just be doing this more often. I'm really enjoying this. Oh my gosh, thing. do I get to do an episode on chocolate mousse? Can I please do like how <laughs> yeah. to make the best chocolate mousse? We could do uh, homemade movie snacks. It's just okay. you making mousse and ambrosia salad. But Am- Oh, man, the ambrosia. Um, yeah. It looks like, yeah, we don't have any guest requests, so we might call it a night. But yeah, guys, this was great. I really do appreciate you. Uh, Thanks for everybody listening and participating. That was really fun. Tune and, in. Uh, don't hesitate to reach out with any follow-ups. We always love to hear from you guys. And all feedback is helpful. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, make sure to follow before we go. But, yeah, guys, uh, until next time we do this, I'm going to say the thing I always say. Which, stay scared. Which is stay scared. I'll see you guys later. Thanks. Bye. listening to an audio wall original produced by byron mccoy theme music provided by cemeteries for more programs like this visit audiowall.co